Those of you that are here for the first time, you're like, what are we talking about? We have our very own celibate recovery missionary in India who goes around trying to help those that are uh, stuck in addiction find healing and freedom through the power of Jesus Christ, and his name is Pasong, and uh, he does some great work over there, but it's hard for us over here uh, to support him, and this is one of the ways that we can do that. And last week, we had a special night where we shared his testimony, and we were able to take some offering for him and, and try to help him out the best way we possibly can. And so, um, and we're looking to do a missions trip in January uh, to head back and head over there halfway across the world and go there. And they finally convinced me to go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I like that. If you've ever traveled with me, I may get anxious. I don't know. Um, but uh, it'll be a hoot. It'll be a hoot. Can you imagine me on a plane for that long? <laughs> yeah! Get ready, Mitch. It's going to be awesome. But um, it'll be a good time. Good, good time. Uh, but let me tell you who I am. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery from sex addiction and compulsive overeating. Hey, I'm glad that you guys are here tonight with me. I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I walked from my office, and I came over here, and when I first walked in, there was this overwhelming joy that just leapt into me, and I was like, something's going to happen good tonight. And if it's only worship, it's already been a great night. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, but I want to start with this. Tonight we're talking about moral, moral inventory. We're on step four. If you're here for the first time, uh, it's okay. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. Um, but if you've been here before and you've been walking through the steps with us, you can uh, join us. If you want to catch up because you haven't been, you can go on to our um, podcast or you can go on to our YouTube channel and you can either watch the messages or listen to the messages as well. And uh, you can check that out. But here's, here's what Calvin Miller says. And he says this, he says, we humans are a hungry lot. We are driven by a craving to know who we are. Yet who we are is embedded in the heart of a holy God. Unless we seek for ourselves an epicenter of God's grace, we will be forever condemned to walk the arid edges of self-understanding. I read that and I was like, <clears throat> totally was like, dude, that is awesome. Because how many of us, and you maybe even had a spouse has done this, or maybe you have said this, this I need to go find out who I am. <laughs> what? Exactly. Well, get in recovery and you will find out who you are real quick when you get to steps one. <laughs> it's called getting out of denial, realizing that we are powerless and we need to understand that. Uh, the, bit, the green book, which you don't have the quote up there, so don't switch slides. Uh, we take a stock of the feelings and patterns that shape our lives. And that is the step we're in. We're taking a stock of everything that's happened. That's what step four is. We're doing a moral inventory. We are looking at the things in our life. If you run a business, you're not gonna be very successful if you never take inventory of what you have. Today, I was coaching wrestling and we get there at six o'clock in the morning and we roll out the mats and we go to tape the mats and guess what happened? I did not do an inventory very well because we had a strip this long of mat tape and I was like, yeah, this ain't gonna happen well. Um, those stores are open, so... I went on to Amazon Prime, well actually one of my coaches did, ordered some mat tape and uh, we just tried to make do. Um, we just had two kids lay between and hold, I'm just kidding, they didn't, but um, it was good. 
But the big book of AA says this, and let me read this to you. I don't have it in my notes, but I got it up here. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One uh, object is to disclose damaged or unusable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he can't fool himself about values. Wow, from the big book of AA, page 64. We gotta take stock, we gotta take inventory. We gotta look at those things. Those of you that aren't familiar, the green book, which I mentioned earlier, is the green book of SAA, which is Sex Addiction Anonymous. Um, And it says this on page 31, it says this, we come to realize that our addiction is more than just unmanageable sexual activities. It includes an entire system of underlying thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. If we neglect this inventory, we risk being stuck in our old habits and mistaken beliefs, and our unexamined defects of character will eventually lead us to relapse. I know it says sex, but what about our compulsive overeating? What about our chemical addiction? What about we put others instead of of us first? We're codependent. We're addicted maybe to that addict. And uh, those are tough things. And if we put that stuff first, then it's only gonna lead us to relapse if we never dive deep and deal with the stuff that we need to. Well, Scott, you say, how do I deal with this? How do I do this? Well, that's where we come to our wonderful acrostic that Celebrate Recovery always provides for us and it's moral tonight, moral. And uh, the M for moral means make time. Make time. How do we make time? Well, how many of you have been stood up on a date? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Please don't, for your sake. Um, And here's the thing. Have you ever been stood up on a date? You go to that place, you sit down. I've seen it in movies. You sit down and you're waiting. And you're waiting. And you're waiting. Your coffee's gone. You're already done. And they never show Well, that's what God's doing. He's sitting there and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting for you to come sit at the table and join him. I don't have this verse, but in Revelation it says this, I stand at the door and knock and I may come in and eat with you. What? Yeah. God wants fellowship with you. And he's waiting for you. The question is, have you made time for him? Have you put it in your planner? Have you put it in your phone? We have such a busy world. Have you set time to do this? If you want to be successful, you got to set time. You got to do it. Because if you don't, it's going to be a rough ride. Calvin Miller also says this. He says, fellowship with Christ can only be experienced at a wilderness table for two. It is sitting out, being available for God waiting for him, open-armed, saying, all right, God, I've done it. Make time. How many guys made time to go uh, hit up your dealer? I always made time. See, my preoccupation for my addiction was always find cash, find time. Block off time. Once I had the time, game on. What was your addiction like? I always found time for that. 
If I can block off four, six, eight hours for my addiction, can you find time to spend with God to go through this? I would hope so. If you're willing to do whatever it takes. If you're willing to do whatever it takes. Job 33 verse 33 says this, listen to me, keep silent and I will teach you wisdom. Shut up is basically what God is saying. Stop talking, stop sniveling, stop complaining, stop blabbing, be quiet and listen to me. And when, we, when you listen to me, I will give you wisdom. You're like, Scott, I don't remember. No, no kidding, you don't remember because you've been an addict and you've been using and your brain doesn't work that way. So you got to get some sobriety. But once you get 90 days sober, guess what? You start remembering a lot more things. And then all of a sudden it starts coming. Boom, boom, boom. And God gives you wisdom. Huh. Need to write that down. 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 And they just keep coming. They just keep coming. And you do it. And God will be faithful in those moments. That's the M. The O in moral is this, is that you're open. I am all about the Second Amendment, but leave your guns at the door. When you walk into the step, leave your guns at the door. Don't walk in loaded and ready to go and ready to take care of business saying, all right, I'm going to do this, but you know what? If this brings up something else I don't like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Don't do that. Be open-handed. If you're not open, how far are you going to get? You'll deal with the surface stuff. You'll never go deep. You'll never go deep. You know, I, uh, I love coaching. I coach football, wrestling. Football is great. Football players go out there and they learn a lot about teamwork. But as an offensive lineman, you can hide. When you step on the mat, for wrestling, and you're the only one, you and the other guy, there's no hiding. And if you truly want to do your work of recovery, then it's like wrestling. You step on the mat and you can't hide anymore. It's time to get to work, time to do business, time to take care of stuff. You can't slack off. I mean, you can try and fake it till you make it, but good job, you fooled somebody. The facilitator, man, they were really fooled. But guess what? Your life is in the gutter. Nothing improves, nothing gets better, and it is not going well for you. We don't care. It's your recovery. As I tell my sponsee, it's not my recovery, it's your recovery. You don't want to go to a meeting, it's your recovery. But I hope you do go. I hope you do go. Calvin Miller says this, we fear the search for who we are. Perhaps because we're afraid that having located our true souls, we might not, not that we might not like ourselves all that much. Sometimes we don't want to see what we're going to get. We're scared of what's going to happen, what we're going to really unearth in our life. Some of us don't want to really accept the things we've done in our life. I mean, we know it, but we don't want to face it. We don't want to take an inventory of that. Job 7.11 says this, let me express my anguish. Let me, let me be free to speak out of the bitterness of my soul. It is at this step you get to speak out and you get to share from the bitter, bitterness of your soul everything that's gone on in your life. Guess what? 
God already knows it's not going to shock him. It's not because he was there when you did it. And he's still there waiting for you, sitting at that table. Join him. Eat, have fellowship, enjoy it. Again, to the SAA uh, Green Book on page 32, it says this. Uh, we open ourselves to the care and healing of our higher power. Have you opened yourself up to your higher power? I mean, we've gone through steps one, two, and three. We've already admitted that there's a power out there greater than ourselves that can restore us to insanity. But have you surrendered to him? And if you have surrendered to him, are you open to what God's going to do in your life? Do you truly believe that there is a higher power, Jesus Christ, and he can restore you to sanity? If not, if you're having trouble with that, let's go back to step two and start working through that. Talk to your sponsor. Have him really dive deep in that in your life. But some of us, if you're like me, want control. I hate it when things are out of control. That's why I like driving. We do long trips, I'll drive the whole time. Eight hours, no problem. 10 hours, no problem. 12 hours, got it. 16 hours, I got it, I got it, I got it. Because I can't submit to letting somebody else drive. It's like, ah! Here's four questions for you to face and look at. What do you feel guilty about? Is there something in your life that keeps coming back? I know this is silly. This is silly, but these are two things that keep coming back even recently, and I have to keep praying over them. I was in high school. I was a senior in high school, and I was at a movie theater, and I was uh, there. My principal and his wife came and sat right in front of us. It was like, and dude, I said something totally stupid. Hey, what are you going to do? I hear there's a, a nude scene in this. And then I realized I was in the wrong theater. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? But that keeps coming in my mind. I feel guilt and shame over that. That's silly. Because there's far worse things that I've done in my life that I sh should feel more guilt and shame for. <laughs> but that's what I feel guilt and shame about. So I pray. I try to surrender that to God. I go through the steps in that. What or who do you resent? That person that if you saw them in the grocery store, there's a tightening in your gut. I mean, you still have the smile on your face, but there's a tightening in your gut. You'd rather see them get hurt. I was talking to some uh, friends today at lunch and I was like, so who in your life do you just want to blast double? Do you just want to do that move and you just put them on their back, tackle whatever form you want to do? You just want to see that happen to them. And they answered after I answered and they all mocked me for my answer, but that's okay. It's okay. What are your fears? What do you fear? Do you fear really finding what's deep down inside you? Do you fear maybe unearthing something that you've been trying to block out? Do you fear just being real? I mean, you've lived a lie for so long. How do you be real? How do you be authentic? It's a tough one. What about this, this question? Am I trapped in self-pity, alibis, and or dishonest thinking? <laughs> oh, what stinks, I don't like that one. Because I'm a liar, so that means I got alibis. I got them all lined up, right? Many of us sit on the pity pot. Well, you know what the pity pot is? That means we've had the troubles of the world taken the space in our heart. It's sparsely attended by us or we don't let others in. We invite others to our problems rather than to who we are. 
and they, our problems get smaller and trivial. We like to suffer just a little bit longer. We just want to keep that pain going further and further. Well, the R in moral is this, that we rely. We rely on Jesus Christ. We rely on him. Well, I was going to do a trust walk in here. Have you guys ever done those trust walks? Love those trust walks, trust falls. I was going to have you guys catch me. I'm in the compulsive overeating group, never mind. Um, I don't trust you guys. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But here's the deal is I love 1980s movies. I love them. Jean-Claude Van Damme, one of my favorite actors. Yes, kickboxer, blood sport. And if you remember blood sport, I don't know if you've ever seen it. He's fighting and the guy grabs that little dust and he throws it in his eyes and he goes, that's what he does. It's absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But here's the thing is sometimes it's like that. We're blind and we need somebody to guide us through this step. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide us. And he did this whole training montage where the guy's punching him, he's like, bah, and he catches it. It's super awesome, super cool. Um, any kung fu movie worth watching has a blind training scene, just letting you guys know that. If you watch a kung fu movie and it doesn't have that, just go ahead and move to another one. <laughs> but here's the thing, as we go on this, this trust walk, as we go on this journey of being blind, that inward is painful. It hurts. It hurts. But we have to do it. We have to do that journey. Because it's what comes out the other side. One of our uh, pastors is leaving. He was the wrestling coach over at the high school, Matt Ippolito. And uh, today at our staff meeting, we had a chance to go around and talk and say what we appreciated about him. And I had a chance to share that uh, my eighth grade son... Silas uh, used to walk around with his head down. Guilt, shame, whatever, I don't know. Just had his head down. I didn't see confidence. When he stepped on the mat and he had four years of wrestling, he walked off that mat after the end of his senior year, his head held high. He had confidence. He built godly character traits and he was ready to take over the world. But guess what? When he was on the mat, it was painful. I mean, one of the things that you do is you wrestle, and a lot of times wrestlers will just throw up, not because they're trying to lose weight, don't go there, but because they've been exerting their body so much, they throw up, and at football, you stop, you go sit down, you hydrate, all that stuff. Wrestling, you just get back on the mat and you keep going. That's what we do. Wrestlers do that. In our life, it's gonna be painful, it's gonna be hurting you, but you just keep moving, and you keep moving, and you go to the next memory, and you go to the next thing, and you keep going, and you keep going, and what happens, it starts to build resilience and healing in your life. God does amazing things. Isaiah 40, verse 29 says this, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That God does that, he gives you that strength. You're tired, you're exhausted. You have, if you're going through AA, maybe you wrote down a thousand memories. You're on 990 and you're going, you're tired, you're weary. God will give you strength. Not only that, 
He gives you power. The, the weak things of the world, he gives power. I was asking the team the other day, um, hey man, what's God teaching you? And one of the wrestlers goes, hey, he teaches me I have a lot of things in my life that I'm weak in. And I was able to use this verse. I was able to encourage him because it's through those weak moments when you realize them, God's gonna give us the power, he's gonna give us the strength. And that is truth. The A is this, is to analyze, that we analyze things. We analyze our life. Now, we need to do an honest analyzation of it. It's not like preacher math. It's not like we do numbers that we have to report our numbers every week and we go, there's 264. There's at least probably 20 out in the lobby. We thought there's maybe a couple in the bathroom and so we just start adding. We're not talking preacher math. What we're talking about is real authentic looking at it. When I coach football, one of the things we do is we gather Saturday afternoon at two o'clock. We sit down and we look at all the game film from the Friday night before. I'm in charge of special teams, so I look at every single special teams player, every single play that they did, and I grade them. They get a plus for if they did their job, they get a minus if they didn't do their job. If they did a really good job, I give them two pluses. If they stunk, I give them two negatives right off the bat. Boom, boom, done. Uh, you went the opposite direction, you're supposed to run that way, right? Basic stuff, right? Well, in our life, we gotta grade ourselves. We gotta do an honest look. We gotta do that. And uh, that's important, that we analyze things. How often, if you're, if you're going, hey man, do I really have a problem with drinking? Do I really have a problem with Coke? I mean, do I really have a problem with food? Do I really have, well, first of all, how often is this happening? What's the frequency of this use, right? And then how much power does it have on you? In other words, when you're not using, how much time do you think about it? How much time do you feel like you're obsessing over it? That was a great way to start to analyze if this is really a big issue in your life or not. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says this, the Lord gave us mind and conscience. We cannot hide from ourselves. That he would give you mind and conscience during this time and that you would be able to truly see who you are and let God be able to do the work in your life. The last thing is in moral is list. Keep it balanced, make your list. One of the things that I love, I made one of my sponsees do it, is I told them, you're gonna make a list of a thousand memories. Like, what memories? Like, all of them. <laughs> if you remember it, write it down. Just write this thing down. But we gotta keep a good balance. We gotta look at it. We gotta write the negative with the positive. We gotta write those things. Your dad who beat you wasn't all bad. Yes, what he did was wrong, but there may have been some good things with him. There may have been positive things. And so we write down the positive and the negatives. And I know that's not the case with every single one, but let's take a look at those things. Keep it balanced, the good with the bad. Lamentation 3.40 says this, tell us, let us examine our ways and test them. Let us examine our ways and test them. Why should you do this fourth step? Because the word of God tells us to examine our lives and to test them. To write down those things and to look at what's going on in your life. If we don't write them down, we are in danger of missing something important. We're in danger of missing something important. 
Sometimes the excuse I hear, especially from those that have been in the church a long time, I already confessed that sin. I've already written that down. Do I have to do it again? Yes. Yes, you do. Why? Well, here's the deal. When I break my arm, well, I haven't, but if I was to break my arm and I didn't do anything, it'd probably grow like an L, right? Or something weird, right? And then I'd go into the doctor and the doctor would be awesome. The only thing we can do really is to break it again and have surgery and and fix it. Well, here's the thing. Your life is an L right now. Come and sit at the table and eat with God and do this inventory. Let's straighten that out. Let's straighten out your life. Let's fix what is going on in your life. And one of the biggest things we can do is to sit and to eat with him, to have fellowship with God, to let God truly know who we are. I mean, he already knows, but let's have that intimacy with him and let him into our life by knowing everything we've done and us know everything we've done. And let God start the healing process in our life. So I encourage you this week, maybe you're not at that fourth step right now in your life. Maybe you're not doing that, but maybe you need to do a spot check. Maybe you need to do a, hey, what happened this week check. Maybe you need to do, hey, what happened today check. Hey, maybe you're like, I need to find out what happened this hour because it was all crazy. Take time to sit with God this week and just write something down. Figure out what God is doing in your life. Will you guys stand and let's close our time with a serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever the next. Amen. Amen.